So what are you devoting your time to? What are you personally devoting your attention to? Remember, whatever gets your attention gets you. And what we discover in our journey with God is we make room for what we value. So if you value something in your life, you make room for it. If it's something that you look forward to, something that you esteem, something that means something to you, you'll make room for it because you make room for what you value. And in our journey with flourish, as God is leading us how to flourish in our walk with Him, we're learning how to value what God values. And that's the goal in our journey of faith, that we want to learn how to value what God values and let those values be reflected in our lives and then through our lives. And what I love about the book of Acts here in the New Testament church being birthed, we see that they valued what God valued. Remember, we learned last Sunday in chapter 1 that Jesus is ascending back to the Father, and he gave his final instructions to the believers to stay in the city of Jerusalem until you've been clothed with power. And he let them know that when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will receive power, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. But you've got to wait until you are clothed with that power. So here are the 120 believers in Jerusalem for the celebration of what's known as Pentecost. It's a 10-day prayer meeting they're engaged in as they're waiting upon the coming of the Holy Spirit. They're in the upper room, then the day of Pentecost comes, and then the Holy Spirit shows up. And each of the 120 believers are now filled with the Holy Spirit. They're indwelt by the Holy Spirit, and they begin to speak in tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now, they were speaking a language that was not their native tongue, but it was a recognized tongue to those in the city. Thirteen different geographical locations represented at this feast. And so all these pilgrims come in to celebrate the feast of Pentecost. And they hear the gospel of Jesus Christ being proclaimed in their native tongue. It's a miracle. And I asked you last Sunday, is the miracle in the speaking or was the miracle in the hearing? And the answer is yes. It's a miracle. And what God was demonstrating is that the gospel is for everyone. And God was communicating his gospel to those that were gathered to demonstrate it's for you. On that one day, the church grew from 120 to 3,120. They became a mega church in one day. A miracle of God that that many people came to faith in Jesus Christ were saved. Now, the challenge is, how do you help those who have been adopted into God's family, those who are now children of God, who are Christians, how do you grow them up in the Lord? How, you, how do you disciple 3,120 people? Well, there's a process that's in place. And I want to talk about how to flourish on purpose. How to flourish on purpose. I'm going to give you five habits to embrace. Now, what's really neat about this, these are the five purposes of the church that God has ordained in the New Testament. Here's habit number one. Value discipleship by growing deeper. That's how you flourish on purpose. Value what God values. Value discipleship by growing deeper. 
That's God's design for your life, and that's God's desire for your life, that you grow deeper in your love relationship with him. So often I talk to people and ask about their eternal destiny, and even if they say, well, I'm going to heaven, and I'll say, well, tell me more about that. How do you know? And they'll share about their life-changing experience when they turn from sin and trust in Christ alone. Then I'll ask this question. Since that moment, have you been growing spiritually? And oftentimes they'll say, you know, I really, I don't really know how to grow. I just got my fire insurance. I'm going to heaven, but I didn't know how to grow spiritually. And that's one of God's kingdom purposes for your life, that you value discipleship by growing deeper. Now look at verse 42. Chapter 2 of Acts, verse 42. When you're there, would you say amen? Notice, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. That is, they gave their time and attention to the apostles' teaching. That was their focus. That was their agenda. The early church in Acts grew spiritually through intentional discipleship. Now, here's the action statement I want you to write down. Be a disciple. Be a disciple. And that means to be a learner. Be a fully devoted, fully yielded follower of Jesus Christ. Be a disciple. Be a learner. Be a lifetime learner committed to spiritual growth. Here's what Peter says about that. 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 2 and 3, if you're taking notes. Like newborn infants long for the pure spiritual milk, that by it you may grow up into salvation, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. And what Peter is saying is in your Christian journey, you want to move from the milk of the word to the meat of the word to build spiritual muscle and to fortify your faith and to build your strength in your walk with God. Read and feed on God's word. That is crucial. If you're going to be a disciple, if you're going to be a lifetime learner, read and feed on God's word. And it's very important. Be devoted to right doctrine. It matters what you believe. It matters what you read. Be devoted to right doctrine. It is crucial. 2 Timothy 2.15, we're reminded as Paul told Timothy, do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling. One translation says rightly dividing the word of truth. So be devoted to right doctrine. Now, what does that look like? Fortunately, you're experiencing it right now. And I'm very, very thankful that you are. Receive consistent preaching of God's word. Now, here's what we guarantee you at Champion Forest Baptist Church. You can go to any one of our 23 venues, and you're going to hear preaching of the word of God. We're not going to open up Better Homes and Garden magazine. We're not going to open up Popular Mechanics and teach you how to walk with God. We have God's word, and our mandate from heaven is to communicate the word of God to you so that we can grow spiritually. And then sit under godly teachers of God's word in a life group and in small group Bible studies throughout the week. And we have so many available options to you, so many options on Sunday morning in a life group and throughout the week, all kinds of Bible studies to help you feed on God's word. We want to nourish your soul. We want to help you grow in your love relationship with God. Now, here's what's awesome about a life group or a Bible study. In preaching, it's usually one-way communication. We're on a mission. 
to preach a message, and you rarely get to just ask me questions from the stage. But in a life group, you're with people your age and life stage. You're doing life with them. And you can ask the Bible teacher, but what about? You know, I was reading this week. Can you tell me about? And you can actually ask questions in your life group so that you can go deeper in Bible study. I also want to challenge you to find a Paul or a Paulette. Find a godly man or woman that you can reach up to who can pour into you. And our church is full of godly men or women who have been walking with God for many years who would be honored to invest in you. So you need a Paul, ladies, a Paulette. And then I'm going to challenge you, be a Timothy or a Tamantha. Is that a female name? <laughs> Tamantha? It's got to go with Timmy to make the same role. So be a Timmy. That is, be a learner, be invested in and then, ladies, be a Tamantha, be invested in by a godly woman. But then I want to challenge you to reach down into a Timmy, Timothy or a Tamantha. You invest in someone else. So you're being poured into and you're pouring into. That's God's design for the church, for us to grow spiritually together. So habit number one, value discipleship by growing deeper. Here's habit number two. If you're ready, say amen. Value fellowship. Value fellowship by cultivating koinonia. I'm going to learn a Greek word here. Cultivating koinonia. It means to have things in common. It means to be like-minded. It means to come together, to share together. And we see that in verse 42, and they devoted themselves to the fellowship the coming together, the connectivity, the authentic community to the breaking of bread and the prayers. You see, the early church in Acts cultivated koinonia by spending time together, by sharing meals together, observing the Lord's Supper together, and by praying together. And their gatherings were in house churches. They didn't have a big mega church that they assembled together and had gospel preaching. No, they would, as a Jew, go to the temple for the times of prayer, and they would be involved in that temple experience. But they gathered in their house churches. That's where they connected and experienced this koinonia. The koinonia is used only once by Luke, but yet it's used 19 times in the New Testament. It literally means to stimulate each other to holiness and faithfulness. It means partnership, sharing, and permanent fellowship. And it is the essence of authentic community. You heard Rayanne say, a safe place to be real. And that's our vision, that Champion Force become a safe place for you to be real. And your life group, a safe place for you to be real and vulnerable and open with other people. 1 Corinthians 1.9, my life verse, God is faithful by whom you were called into the fellowship, the koinonia of his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. So here's an action step to plug in Monday morning. Build deep and meaningful relationships. Build deep and meaningful relationships. Cultivating authentic community is not a microwave experience. It's a crockpot experience. And what I mean by that is it takes time to build meaningful relationships, to cultivate relationships that go beneath the surface of weather and sports. To go deeper in a relationship takes time. And the vision is for us to learn how to build meaningful relationships so that in our church ministry, 
You've got people you're connected to, you're close to, people who know you and who care for you, who love you, and you reciprocate that. And of course, the ultimate vision is for you to build such meaningful relationships that you can call them your 2 a.m. friends. You know what that is, right? When you're in trouble, when you're hurting, when you're traumatized, when you just need to reach out to somebody, but it's 2 a.m. and you have a short list of who you can call at 2 a.m. Our prayer is that you'll find 2 a.m. friends here, that you'll cultivate those kind of meaningful relationships where you can build 2 a.m. friendships here. I also want to challenge you to find a life group where it's safe to be real. We have life groups on our portable campus here every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. And praise God, at our new campus, we're doubling the number of life groups. That's why we're having worship and life group at 930. Then again, worship and life groups at 11 and then Spanish at 1230. It's to maximize our space and our new property. We want to maximize our new campus to build authentic community. And so we're going to have many options available for you. And a new life group we're launching, I'm very excited about, Fred Sabins is launching a, a life group for blended families. For blended families. We'll have a life group just for you. You say, do I have to go to that life group? No, we have many other options, but it's an option for you. We're going to have so many opportunities for you to develop authentic community where you can do life with people your age and life stage. Here's habit number three. Before we go there, look to your neighbor and share a Greek word with them, koinonia. Would you do that? Koinonia. Look to your other neighbor and say koinonia. So whenever you talk to people outside of our context, they say, well, how did it go at church today? Say, we learned about koinonia. We experienced koinonia. When you go to lunch today and you're baptizing those chips with that salt before you get going on that salsa and queso, we talked about koinonia, connecting on a deeper level. Habit number three, value ministry. Value ministry by serving others. That's who we are. Verse 43, and awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And it's very important to understand why signs and wonders were so important in the birth of the New Testament church. They were not privileged to have canonized scripture. We're so blessed to have this ultra-thin leather Bible, an English Standard Version, or you have multiple translations on your smartphone. We are so blessed to have the total of Scripture, 39 books in the Old Testament, 3 times 9, 27 books in the New Testament, 66 books in the Bible. 40 human authors who, divinely inspired by God, wrote over a 1,500-year period. And God pulled all that together and it's called the treasure of His Holy Word, the Bible. And we're blessed to have the complete Word of God. But in the first century, the birth of the New Testament church, the apostles were still teaching and preaching and writing and communicating. And so the church, God validated His authoritative Word through signs and wonders. So that as an apostle would teach and preach, that teaching and preaching would be accommodated by signs and wonders so that God would validate the veracity and authority of the spoken word. Now we have it in this wonderful leather-bound Bible. Look at verse 44. And all who believed were together. There's that koinonia again. And had all things in common. 
And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as all had need. All who believed were together. That's homothumadon, where they were like-minded and united. Had all things in common, experiencing that koinonia. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all who had need. Here's what we see. The New Testament church was embracing the heart of God through generosity. Willing to sell their own homes to be a blessing and benefit to others. Now, what's the context? 3,000 come to town for the day of Pentecost, all these pilgrims and beyond. 3,000 of them get saved, become part of the fellowship, the koinonia, the experience of God as the church. They're adopted into God's family, and many of them didn't want to go back home. They wanted to stay and continue walking in this newfound faith. And so the 120 believers were selling their own possessions to meet the needs of the other new believers so that they could experience God together in this authentic community. And then many would leave from there and go be missionaries to their hometown. And that's how the gospel spread by the grace of God. So the early church became a conduit of ministry, a conduit. And I want to say to you this morning, every member is a minister. Oh, but we have a staff. I thought those are the ministers. We're just members. No, every member is a minister. You are saved by God, filled by God's spirit. You're graced with spiritual gifts at salvation. And you work out what God has worked in. And you continue to grow spiritually. You're serving God. Every member is a minister. And let's not lose the sense of all that God wants to use us in his redemptive activity. So here's the challenge. Find a need and meet it. Find a need and meet it. Because you are never more like Jesus than when you are serving. You're never more like Jesus than when you are serving. Matthew 10, 45, For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. When I was growing up in my hometown, we'd go eat at Piccadilly, which is like Luby's here, but it's Piccadilly there. And I just loved it because they had the desserts first. Multiple desserts, so it just that's how you started your lunch is selecting a dessert. But behind the counter, here's what you would hear serve you, serve you, serve you, serve you, and you would hear that all the way down the line roast, rice and gravy, green beans, a roll. Can I have another roll? Serve you, serve you, serve you. That was it, they got it, serve you, and that's why we are created in Christ so that we can serve other people. And we ought to just walk around saying, serve you, serve you, serve you. We're so used to being served. But Jesus didn't come to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom. So become the hands and feet of Jesus by continuing his ministry on the earth. Be generous with your life and your resources to bless and benefit others. Then you'll be more like Christ. Habit number four, you ready for it? Value worship. Value worship by staying vertical. Value worship by staying vertical. So we experience authentic community. That's a horizontal experience relating to other people, connecting with other people on a deep level, building meaningful relationships and 2 a.m. friends and being a 2 a.m. friend. We worship the Lord privately in our quiet time, and then we bring our private worship to corporate worship together, and that's what we're doing today. Look at verse 46. 
And day by day, it was part of their lifestyle, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, which would be the love feast, which would lead into the Lord's Supper. They received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor with all the people. The early church stayed vertical through intentional worship. They embrace Hebrews 10, 24, and 25. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. It's a rodeo term. It's the cow prod. It's how they get the bull to act right. You know the little cow prod? The little electric charge? And they don't have to push the button. They just show that bull what it looks like. That bull's like, in alignment. I'm in the Lord's army. Yes, sir. Stir one another up, prod one another on, encourage one another to loving good works, not neglecting to meet together. Why? Because there's value in meeting together. That's why we want 100% engagement, 100% participation. I don't want you to ever miss a Sunday unless you have another commitment that is so important that you've got to miss Sunday. Then watch it online. I want you to be fully committed. Why? Because there's something about being together that helps you connect and grow deeper. And you encourage one another all the more as you see the day drawing near. Here's an action step. Bring your private worship to our public worship venue. Bring your private worship to the public worship venue. Express your affection to God. Encourage others around you. And then examine your own heart. That's the power of worship and staying vertical in our love relationship with God. Let me ask you this question. Is God worthy of our worship? Should we bring more passion into worship than watching a leather round ball or a leather oblong weird-shaped ball called a pigskin or a yellow ball with fuzzy stuff on it or a little white ball that doesn't move until you hit it and it's really hard to hit it right? And we get so obsessed and so passionate about all these different games and sports. And listen, I'm all about it. I'm passionate about sports, but I don't want my passion for sports to supersede my passion for God. And especially my worship of God. Well, I'm afraid if I lift my hands in worship, somebody may talk about me. Let them talk about you. They're talking about you anyway. (laughs) That's another message. Number five. (laughs) Habit number five. Value evangelism. Value evangelism. By investing and inviting. Build a bridge of love to other people. Invest in their life and invite them to church. Look at verse 47. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. Now that's a work of God. Jesus said, and I will build the church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Jesus said, pray this, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God is going to get his church built. God is going to do his part to allow the kingdom of God to come on earth. And he's inviting us into the journey. He's inviting us into the story. And we get to participate with God. And that's what I love about God. He includes us. He involves us in his redemptive activity. First of all, he invites us into his family through salvation by grace, through faith. Not of ourselves. It's a gift of God, not of works so that no one can boast. So we are now adopted into God's family so that we can help other people come into the family of God. That's evangelism. And the early church in Acts experienced spiritual growth and numerical growth from 120 to 3,120. 
Now, here's our mission. Our mission is to fulfill the Great Commission. Our mission is to fulfill the Great Commission. Matthew 28, 19 and 20. Go there and make disciples of all nations, all people groups, all ethnos, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son, the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey all that I've commanded you, and behold, I'm with you always to the very end of the age. That's our mission, to make disciples. So let's start reaching the people in the shadow of our new steeple. What do you think? Let's start reaching the people in the shadow of our new steeple. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses. Where? Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Now, coming a little bit closer, let me just shepherd our flock. Your family and guests, we want you to be family, and we'll love you more than you've ever been loved. I promise that. You'll experience the love of God at a whole new level. We have to stay focused on our mission field, and that is to focus on those who don't know the Lord, those who are hell-bound, that we're passionate about reaching the lost at any cost. And that's why we've built a new campus we're moving into on Easter Sunday. We're passionate about reaching people and then discipling those we reach so that they can be fully devoted, fully yielded followers of Christ who will go reach other people for Christ. Our mission field is not stealing sheep from other churches. That's not our mission field. Now, if other sheep from other churches feel led to come to North Klein, we want them to follow God's lead and obey God. We're not into stealing sheep. We are into planting greener grass, but we're not into stealing sheep. If someone feels led to become part of our family and to serve with us, and God's leading them, of course, we want them to be with us. Our Conroe campus, that's not our mission field. Our Champions campus, the membership there, that's not our mission field. How many people can we get from Champions to come to our new campus? That's not our mission field. Jersey Village, that's not our mission field. Our mission field is a shadow of our new steeple. Our mission field are your coworkers, your classmates, your teammates, your neighborhood. That's our mission field. Your sphere of influence, that's our mission field. And I want us to stay on mission that we're going after people who are dislodged, who are disconnected, who are far from God or who know the Lord but have drifted from him. Our mission is to bring them back into fellowship with God and to be part of our family. But let's stay true to the mission of God. Our mission field is the shadow of our new steeple and the relationships that you have. Our new campus Easter schedule, as I mentioned, I want to put it on the screen if we have it. We're going to have our English worship at 9.30 and 11 on Easter Sunday and Spanish worship at 12.30. Our new worship center seats 800, so we have room for 2,400 people, 1,600 in English, 800 in Spanish that morning, three morning services. We're going to have overflow in our student building. Appreciate Pastor Garrett making that student building available to us so we could have an overflow room on Easter Sunday. Last year, we had 1,200. The year before, 1,300. And we're expecting over 1,500 people or quite a bit more on Easter Sunday. So we're ready and we're prepared. The key is that we invite people to come be a part of our experience on Easter Sunday coming up very soon. That's April 21st. One week. One week before I turn 50. Can I have an amen? Hallelujah. 
Praise the Lord. I'll be 49 in our new church for one week. <laughs> Invest and invite. Invest and invite. When you meet somebody today, treat them like the most important person on the planet. Invest in their life through prayer. Invest in their life through relationship. And invite them to church. You don't have to be fearful. Just invite them. If you meet someone at a restaurant today or your waiter or waitress, treat that person like the most important person on the planet. Invest in the relationship. Pray for them that they'll be connected to Christ and build a love bridge to them so they can experience God with us at Champion Force. There's a Champion Force near you. I invite people all the time to other campuses. Once I find out, where do you live? Oh, we have a Champion Force near you. You would love it. Let me give you the direction. Let me give you the address. Here's a card that has our website. Just go to championforce.org. There's a Champion Force near you. Invest and invite. Invest and invite. Would you pray with me? Your head bowed and eyes closed. Let me ask you to do something very personal before God. And that's to answer this question. What is keeping you from being fully devoted to valuing what God values? What is keeping you from being fully devoted to valuing what God values? What's out of alignment in your life? Where is there a misplaced priority in your life? What is getting too much of you? What is not getting enough of you? What's out of balance? What's out of alignment? What is creating tension in your spirit? Pay attention to the tension. Pay attention to the tension. There may be something out of alignment. There may be something God wants you to attend to. There may be something God wants you to stop doing. There may be something God wants you to start doing. Ask him. Just ask him in prayer. Fully yield and fully surrender to his lordship and leadership in your life. God wants you to flourish. But you stay humble. You stay broken. You stay teachable. You stay malleable. You stay teachable, expandable, stretchable. And watch what God will do in you and through you. Pay attention to the tension. Thanks so much for joining us today. We pray that the truth of God's word is both encouraging and uplifting to you. If you'd like more information about our church, service times, or locations, or if you have a question about what you heard today and you want to connect with someone, I want to encourage you to visit us on our website at championforest.org. Have a great day and God bless.